0: After these messages we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Why? Are you in
1: good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors Hey, welcome to After These Messages, everybody This is the podcast where we talk about TV commercials The great ones, the not-so-great ones, and the ones where people say weird shit like this
0: Tweezing, plucking, ugh, and I hate waxing That's the only thing that kept me from getting into a bikini Well, that and fettuccine Alfredo
1: that is Fran Drescher. I'm Andrew Walsh here with Genevieve Has. We're your co-hosts today. Me and Genevieve are not Fran. Fran is not here with us today. Um, Co-hosts—that's a word. You might say we're also the spokespeople for after these messages. Might you say that, Genevieve?
2: Hey, it's our podcast. We can say anything we want.
1: I'm regretting it, though. Well, I'm regretting it. I'm going to say we're not the put spokespeople. Put it on the list. <laughs> I have a few. What's coming up on the show today?
2: We are talking about spokespeople today. Um, the Those faces and voices that have become kind of indelibly associated with their brands uh, for better, but more importantly, for worse.
1: <laughs> Speaking of spokespeople, what do you do when you spend decades and millions of dollars associating your product with a particular spokesperson and then he ends up behind bars for sexual acts against children i guess we're gonna find out we're all gonna find out and so will subway sandwiches and we'll check in with the ad council as we always do anything good in the mailbag today vives
2: uh we got some great mail about how advertisers are getting around that fast forward button on your dvr uh some of the the tricks and Techniques that are helping them uh, get their products in front of your eyeballs, if not your earballs.
1: Yes, and also I believe we're in the pocket of big commercials. Didn't somebody yes. uh, send in some accusations?
2: Yes, we got a we got an iTunes review that I really look forward to um, <laughs> unpacking.
1: Okay, first though, let's talk spokespeople. Terry Bradshaw, what a surprise! You know what else is a surprise? Shingles. Shingles. <laughs> I love those ads so much. Terry Bradshaw, one of the best quarterbacks and Steelers and NFL history. One of, the, one of the longest NFL commentators. Yeah. I think he started doing that in the mid to early 90s or I love, something.
2: I love that he takes on shingles the way he like yes. would take on you know a defensive yes. back. Like, <laughs> shingles, bring it on! Exactly. I think he
1: even says that in one of the commercials. I, I know. I'm not, I'm not <laughs>
2: All
1: right. Well, that's about all the time we have dedicated to Terry Bradshaw. But I do want to specify we're not just talking about – spokespeople like that where you're a company and you go out and you find somebody famous for some other endeavors and then you bring them into the fold and they become your celebrity spokesperson. We'll be talking about some of that too. But you have the other kinds as well. The the company owner becomes a spokesperson in a lot of cases. Sometimes wisely many times not so wisely i think back to my childhood dave thomas of wendy's we'll be talking about him in a little bit
2: yeah i think he's an interesting case i don't know that what what might have seemed like a a misstep ultimately was very successful for them
1: and wendy's has a different spokesperson now which is i cannot wait to talk about that because you your head is going to explode when you start talking about the wendy's girl
2: wendy's they call her Red. That's like her her name. But if you 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 see, oh, is that her,
1: true? I thought maybe her name was Wendy.
2: I think it's implied, sort of, that she's you know she's a redheaded girl. But they her, I think her name in the commercials or she's referred to in in write ups of these ads as Red. Um, she is to me as Chevy guy. Bearded Chevy oh, hate, Lumber Sexual is to you. I
1: hate the Chevy guy. We we already did a whole. Uh, I feel like we did a whole show on the Chevy guy, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go down that road. Actually, let's just begin with the Wendy's then, if you don't mind. Uh, do you want to start with Wendy's or do you want to start with E Harmony? No, let's start with Wendy's. Both at, of them are, are infuriating. <laughs> okay, yeah, let's just get this off your chest. I've never. I, I think. I don't want to say I've never seen you have such a visceral reaction to a TV commercial because I'm sure you've had many, but man, you have had an ongoing feud. By the way, the name of the actress who plays Red, apparently, her name is Morgan Smith Goodwin. And when these ads first launched, I want to say the year was 2012, you were screaming at the TV.
2: Yeah, and I just want to take a minute to say Morgan Smith Goodwin is, I think, not the problem exactly i think she's doing uh, what she's been asked to do mm-hmm. what i hate about these ads and and they've sort of moved away from this trope but the the earliest ones with her where she's she's in an office she, she seems to be at some generic office workplace during the day it's lunchtime and she is berating her co-workers or other – she and her, her fellow Wendy's eaters are berating the non-Wendy's eaters <laughs> for their lunch choices. And if you've ever worked in an office where office chit-chat like this runs rampant, it just makes your skin crawl because it's so obnoxious. And I would watch these commercials and start yelling to you – just let everyone eat their lunch. Right. it's Just the lunchtime. Yeah. Choice. Why is she
1: coming in and trolling everybody's lunch? Like some some poor schlub is taking his you know his twenty five minute break or whatever he gets, and you know you can tell he doesn't have the best life in the world. He's yeah. just punching in. He's punching out. He's probably got like obnoxious kids at home who don't respect him. Like he do- he's not bringing the best lunch in the world. But you know what? Let him eat yeah, it. He doesn't want your ar- He doesn't
2: want your artisanal chicken bacon wrap or whatever it is. And I'm am. I looking at, I'm looking at the ad now that we're about to play.
1: Now, this is a somewhat milder version of those ads that you and I were just describing. I couldn't actually even find the really what I felt were the very aggressive ones where she's really going after people's lunches. In this one, there's a guy right on the other side of the cubicle wall from her, and he's eating a pretty pathetic looking little burger, and she's does, she doesn't see that he has that burger, and she's wondering out loud what uh, they should do for lunch.
2: What sounds good for lunch? You know, beef and cheese. Yeah,
1: with bacon. Portobello mushrooms, all hot and melty. While she's saying that, he's starting to re-examine his own pathetic little sandwich.
2: So Wendy's? Wendy's, definitely. Uh, Let's go. What's that?
1: He is trying to hide the sandwich from her. Hmm? (gasps) Leave ordinary behind with Wendy's. She just sandwich shamed him. That's what just happened.
2: Yeah, instead of leave ordinary behind, they should say, leave your cube mates alone. Their lives are shitty enough as it is. <laughs> That's right. And, like, it is a
1: fact of life in office settings that people do harass you about your lunch. And often it is done... In a friendly way And maybe the word harass is too strong of one But I remember my first job At New Hampshire Public Radio I would often just kind of leave the building as much as possible So I didn't have to like kind of have conversations About what I was eating at my desk Then I tried to like sometimes bring my lunch But I would go into like a a Quiet part of the kitchen and just kind of like And I would always take a book Like a physical book or a newspaper that I have in front of me Every single person who comes into the kitchen Has to make a comment about what your food is My last job I was sitting at at a a desk in the middle of a newsroom. If I pulled out a bologna sandwich and some bugles, like every single person who passed my desk had to weigh in about my bologna sandwich and bugles. It is actually a major pet peeve of mine.
2: Yeah. I mean, this is actually an old Seinfeld routine from like 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah. But just sort of the, the banality of office banter and the absolute dearth of any topics of substance yeah. that people generally have to talk with each other. I mean, you see each other for eight hours a day, but it's seriously limited to like, the weather, what are you having for lunch? Have any fun plans for this weekend slash last weekend? Right, right. But moving back, moving off of the sort of, um, you know, banal office chatter, lunchtime bullying, is Red, is is Morgan whatever her face is?
1: <laughs> what is her name? Uh, Morgan Smith Goodwin?
2: Morgan Smith Goodwin. Uh, I feel like she should be running the PTA somewhere. <laughs> Is Morgan Smith Goodwin a good spokesperson?
1: Well, I do want to note uh, or emphasize what you noted before, which is that they have come off this harassing the cubicle mate thing. Like, she's still a spokesperson for the product, but they're more silly. Like, her coworkers are all kind of more, like, on her side now. It's just it's kind of a little bit more about her and, like, you know, people taking selfies with her, holding her ciabatta sandwich or whatever. So I feel like the annoying factor has backed off a little bit. I do think it's a personal thing, though. I think that a bunch of people – are kind of attracted to her character. Yeah. And I think a bunch of men are probably physically attracted as well. She's plucky. She's cute. She's all of those things. But I also understand yeah, why a lot of as, people.
2: They don't play her as sexy. No. But she's definitely an attractive woman.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think that she's an effective spokesperson.
2: I guess so. I, You know, for me, those early ones were so annoying that it put a permanent bad taste in my mouth for her their Mm. whole campaign built around her the campaign has moved on from her office time shenanigans to going on a date and taking her date to wendy's and uh you know like her whole life her whole wendy's based life so uh they really believe in her i mean she must it must be bearing dividends because she's been on for years now
1: i think one of you will agree that one of the best spokespeople on tv right now would be dr neil (laughs) clark warren of eharmony.com
2: Ugh I know you're being sarcastic. This one uh, I know I just this is a very negative episode for me because I just have a lot of access to grind with people, but uh, Eharmony if you're not familiar is a dating service. It's um it's geared more towards uh, older people looking for commitment. In other words, it's not your your okay cupid or your match and certainly not your Tinder. Yeah. It's much more towards it. They, they they brag and this is a this is a true statistic that they this is they truly cite this statistic. I don't know if the statistic is true, that um, they account for five percent of marriages in the U.S. That people five no percent of marriages way. met uh, met on. No way. You no know, harmony. I it sounds crazy to me, too. I don't think it could be true. Um, but they that they, certainly they're, they're uh, this The territory they've staked out is that they create marriages and their spokesperson is this guy who is their founder, Dr. Neil Clark Warren. Um, he's he's pretty deep into, I think, the conservative Christian uh, world. And famously, eHarmony uh, would not match gay couples. They said their algorithm couldn't accommodate whatever gay couples right. were looking for.
1: It's a homophobic algorithm.
2: Interesting sidebar. They were sued, I believe, in the state of New Jersey. And New Jersey uh, civil rights law required them to, in order to satisfy the civil rights requirements, they had to found or create a whole separate company, or this is how they chose to, to meet the requirements. They founded a whole separate company called Compatible Partners <laughs> for gay couples, for to help we gay go couples. Up, meet. Have you been to the? I website? haven't been to Compatible Partners uh, yet, but it's it's as if they called it like fine. <laughs> I guess we well, I guess we can agree that some that there are gay people like that. I guess was that was that name taken?
1: Compatible Partners. I am looking for. Compatible partners. It's still up. The the website is still up. Lasting relationships for gay and lesbian singles. So this is still run by the eHarmony guy who is...
2: Notice they're very careful to avoid any use of the word marriage because, of course, this dude has no use for gay marriage.
1: Right, right, right. Um, He also... His his nickname, I believe, um, in college was Boner Killer. He is the most... And listen, I understand that eHarmony is not going for, like... Hey, get your, your sexy hookup tonight or whatever. Right. It's a relationship thing, but I don't understand why you have to take the most unattractive person. I don't even mean physically. I mean, he's fine. He looks like an old grandpa. I mean, when you're talking about love and relationships and all of a sudden you have this, like, he talks really creepy. He kind of leans in. He's an older gentleman with glasses and he kind of leans in when he talks to people.
2: Yeah. His, his demeanor, his whole aspect is so unpleasant to me. I, I I've said this before to you, if you find him even remotely palatable as a spokesperson for your dating site, you and I cannot date. Yeah, right. So to me, it seems like it knocks out a whole category of people, i.e. people like me, who find him repugnant in this context.
1: But wait, Vives, how about this? (laughs) If he isn't maybe the most romantic person to put out front on a dating site, what if you added a little girl who happens to be his granddaughter to the mix?
0: Grandpa, my teacher, Mr. Higgins, met a lady he really likes. Nice. No, he met her on one of those other sites, not ehominy.com. Oh. I has made more marriages than anyone else. That's true. And eHermony.com has all got hot babes. I never said that. I improvised. Stop waiting. Start communicating for free today.
1: What the hell are they thinking that with ad that ad?
2: is the most unpleasant. It's I, That ad is so unpleasant. And I'll tell you how unpleasant it is. There are dozens, if not scores, of... <laughs> blog posts of people talking about how much they dislike this ad where this little girl with a speech impediment, uh, overly cutesy, comes in and, and tells this incredibly inappropriate story about a conversation she had with her teacher to her grandfather the founder and owner of a dating site so you're right
1: why is the teacher why is the teacher teacher talking about his dating relationship with a six-year-old
2: i mean the layers of inappropriateness (laughs) and disgustingness are so many and this ad and and a a similar one or a, a, a companion one with that same actress and neil clark warren drew so much ire and so much disgust and ridicule on the internet they have been pulled down from almost every site where they might officially appear that tape you were playing uh may have sounded a little watery uh and the reason is that it's been it was taped it almost looks like it was cell phone videoed off of a uh somebody's
1: tv someone's
2: tv it's not an official version if you go if you go to youtube if you go to ispot all of the official versions have are have a note that they've been pulled down at the request of the advertiser. Now,
1: I, I want to make clear, though, here, we're only talking about the ones with the little girl. Are we sure that he some is still them. doing yeah, these ads? Yeah, some of
2: them are still up. I don't know if, if they're making new ones. But if you look for the one that's like um, Bridesmaid, try that one. Great, it's another wedding. Then I'm a bridesmaid in three. Oh. It's okay. I've joined 14 online dating sites.
1: 14? Is one of them eHarmony? I don't have time for all those eHarmony questions. Beth,
0: do you want faster forever? Only eHarmony.com takes the time to find you that perfect someone.
2: <gasps> Another invite. Oh, and here's the dress.
0: eHarmony.com. I'm there. Stop waiting. Start communicating for free today.
1: Not that we have to overthink it, but again, what is the relationship between these two people? He is in like some sort of like a an office. Yeah. He looks like, like a, he's,
2: it looks like, like a, a den. A, it looks like a minister's office where he counsels yeah. people.
1: It is. And then, and then this I young think that's woman the vibe is they're in going there. For. It's very unclear what they're going for, but he really comes off as super, super creepy. And I'm wondering if it's one of those things where the, whatever ad company they hired, or if it's done in-house if there were people who were more wise saying, listen, you should not be the spokesperson. But he's like, listen, I'm the owner and it's important to me. And if you don't like it, I'll find somebody else to make these ads.
2: I'd love to know if that's the case. It seems like it to me. And actually, that's a great segue to um, the story of Dave Thomas. I know we'd already talked about uh, Red from Wendy's. Mm-hmm. But Dave Thomas, uh, who I believe has has passed on uh, for years, uh, was the actual Founder and owner of Wendy's, and uh, was their pitchman. And I, I did not do the research on this, and I apologize. But I, my memory is that he, he did get that advice. They mm. said, you know, he's sort of a, he's not an actor. He's a kind of regular-looking Joe. And they said, let's get a real spokesperson. This was back in like the 80s and 90s. Let's get a, a professional spokesman. And he said, no, I want to do it. And it ended up being, if not the most polished performance. A strangely effective performance. Yeah. And I think he really cr- helped create a brand identity that was instantly recognizable. I mean, Dave Thomas came to be incredibly associated with Wendy's.
1: Yeah, and in a good way. Let me, I just called up one of these old ads. Let's take a listen. The road leading to Wendy's
0: next great chicken sandwich is a hard one. Fraught with disappointments and dead ends. But when you're Dave Thomas and you're starting with Wendy's whole breast fillet, you don't give up. I think I'm on to something. Introducing Wendy's Mozzarella Chicken Supreme, an all-white meat fillet, mozzarella, and a creamy Parmesan sauce. One bite and you'll jump up and say, Gee, this is pretty good.
1: That's Dave Thomas there that we hear. And as he's wandering around the kitchen, a bunch of uh, experiments are going awry. And, and that's all the noise and sound effects that you hear. So, you know, they don't have him saying everything on the script. He's mostly just a face associated with it. And he is, I mean, maybe this is more like what E. Harmony was trying to go for. I he think just so. seems avuncular and innocent. Yes. But they're also selling fast food.
2: Avuncular is the right word. I think that is what Neil Clark Warren is going for. Two things. He's not nailing it. And avuncular and dating service are not conceptually compatible.
1: Exactly. And also, there are some uncles that your parents tell you to stay away from, (laughs) and he seems like one of the uncles that your mom might say, don't go in there. He's been drinking. (laughs) One of the most... confusing ad campaigns that's out there right now that we haven't even talked about at all on this podcast yet, and I've been dying to, is the Colonel Sanders KFC yeah. ads. With now, Norm MacDonald is playing Colonel Sanders now?
2: Well, let's let's kind of get back. Let's look at the history of this. Um, you know, speaking of founders who served as their company's spokesman, the, the colonel was a real man. Colonel Harlan Sanders uh, really did found... KFC. He was 65 when he founded it, if you can believe it. He was
1: really... Wait, the Colonel Sanders character was a real guy who founded it?
2: Yes, and the and that white suit with the black bow tie or the black string tie and the, the goatee and the, the whole thing. Like, that guy is super real, and he actually did... Uh, found KFC, oh. was their spokesperson, such as it was. I mean, this was back, you know, in the 70s and 80s. Uh, but there's, you know, there's video of him, and he is instantly recognizable as the colonel.
1: I, I honestly always thought that it, he, that was like a Ronald McDonald no. character. Yeah, Harlan,
2: Harlan Sanders was a real dude.
1: And he started the company with yeah. his own original recipe, just like they said.
2: Yeah. I, I as You know, I, I'm sure that that myth has been burnished somewhat over the years, but the basic facts, I believe, are true.
1: Okay. So that... Uh, You know, he died a long time ago. 1980, yeah. I I don't remember exactly what their ad strategy was between then and now. I believe there was an animated um, Colonel Sanders for a while. They changed the name of their company from Kentucky Fried Chicken to just KFC. It's kind of like uh, NARAL or the AARP. Like those letters don't stand for anything anymore. Like it's officially just KFC. Don't ask what it stands for. (laughs) And I guess that was probably a reaction to like. In the '90s and early 2000s, as fast food and fast casual restaurants started emphasizing healthy meals more, now you have this company that's trying to get those same people into their restaurant. Only it's got fried right there in the title, and it is
2: probably like you would probably be, you know, better off smoking a pack of cigarettes than having a bucket of chicken.
1: Or do you both? Why do you have to choose? <laughs> Why not both? <laughs> Why not both? Oh, that's right. We're not talking about Joe Camel today. Although that's kind of a... I guess that's we'll more talk, of a mascot that's, that's than a more on, That's
2: on uh, Spokes Camel Day.
1: <laughs> I love Spokes Camel Day. My I grew up in a family of divorce, so some Spokes Camel Days I had to spend with my mom, yeah. others with my dad. Um, so, Daryl Hammond starts doing these ads like maybe a year ago or something where he's playing Colonel Sanders and it's really weird. It's almost like it's almost like he's mocking Colonel Sanders.
2: Yeah, it was the the ads themselves were bizarre. Uh, I think they did start maybe roughly a year ago um, and they have Daryl Hammond, the the SNL actor um, fully in full makeup I think even some prosthetics uh, dressed as the Colonel and they're and he's just kind of, you know shilling for chicken and they present it as if he is you know this is really the colonel it's a live actor and he's just it's he plays it pretty straight it's not there aren't a ton of jokes if i recall do you want to play one here
1: oh yeah i've never seen this one before it looks like it's a it's a traffic jam situation on a three-lane highway all the cars are totally stopped and colonel sanders aka represents
2: your arteries by the
1: yeah. way <laughs> And here come and like an angioplasty tube <laughs> here's Colonel Sanders aka Daryl Hammond uh, walking through the line of cars
0: <laughs> I need nothing I've everything I need I walk along the dusty road a bucket in my hand. What the hell Now he's
1: wandering around a, a public pool I've walked
0: a hundred yards And I'm not the least bit tired I an empty baseball stadium I, I walk along the dusty road A bucket in my hand The cloud is wide upon its eyes He's sky. kind of
1: handing out Wait, chicken To the people in the, the uh, cars
0: And I'm not the least bit tired I need nothing, I have everything I need. Right, folks, it's me, Colonel Sanders. I walk along the dusty road
1: Alright, so this is I a can't. commercial where he is super weirded out. He's acting kind of but, creepy, but wandering no around handing joke. out chicken. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like
2: there's no real joke. He just says, I'm Colonel Sanders, and the the story is I'm back and I'm giving chicken out to Americans.
1: But it definitely has kind of – last week on the show we were talking about weird ads, ads that are supposed to be specifically weird, like the Skittles kid is supposed to catch your attention and kind of get you back on your heels a little bit. Like this feels like one of those – specifically weird ads. It
2: is. It's a little jarring, but not nearly as jarring as what happened three months after this air.
1: Yeah, so how does how does he go away? Daryl Hammond goes away and all of a sudden Norm MacDonald is ramping up the weirdness and he replaces him as so the it's, colonel.
2: It's kind of an interesting story and I did do some reading about this yesterday. Those Daryl Hammond ads, which only aired for about three months, I think, there were a series of them, but they were all roughly uh, equivalent. You know, he's he playing the colonel, uh, he's basically playing it straight. It's a little bit of a just an odd vibe to it. Um, they were actually quite controversial. Um, whoever uh, considers themselves to be guardians of the Colonel's legacy, including I think the current owner of KFC, who is which is uh, owned by a larger conglomerate called Yum Brands, I think. Mm-hmm. A number of people felt like these Daryl Hammond ads were disrespectful to the colonel. I mean, the guy is dead. Respect
1: the colonel. Respect
2: the colonel. They kind of generated some talk and some controversy. And all of a sudden, for reasons not quite clear, about three months after the Daryl Hammond series started, a new series of KFC ads started. This time with Norm Macdonald dressed as the colonel. And, I mean, if you know Norm Macdonald, also an SNL alum, Mm -hmm. you know he looks nothing like Daryl Hammond. He looks even less like the colonel than Daryl Hammond does. I mean, he's recognizably not the colonel. He comes on and the premise of his ads is that he's watching the Daryl Hammond ads and calling Daryl Hammond an imposter and saying, obviously... I'm the real colonel. And so this now this narrative is, is taking place where he is rejecting or he is, he's uh, you know, countering these Daryl Hammond ads and is setting himself up as the real colonel. And what? they're even more bizarre. I mean, he's like living in a house-sized bucket of chicken for some of them. Uh, he's coming down the chimney. He's having these friar-side chats with people. They had a whole Christmas series uh, where people were unwrapping presents that looked like a bike or a puppy and it was a right. Yeah, I saw those, yeah.
1: Um,
2: but they're very surreal. Um, and what's interesting to me about this is that KFC won't say why they replaced Daryl Hammond. Either he generated enough controversy or there was some reason why they parted ways with him that they haven't said. They won't say he was fired, but either he was fired and they've taken the, the opportunity to do something really strange and they've gotten a ton of coverage for these campaigns or... This was the master plan all along: was to have this one actor be replaced by another actor and create this strange, sort of nonsensical narrative around the colonel. And what I think, I don't buy it. You you think they totally? You think this is a yeah. a stopgap measure for some?
1: Either Daryl Hammond left, or they got rid of Daryl Hammond, and then they decided to play it off like, "Oh, this was our plan all along. We will now make it seem like." we're going to have another actor come in and criticize the first actor. It's kind of smart. And that's the, that's what they're going with. But I, I believe that as much as I believe that eHarmony is responsible for 5% of all marriages in the United States.
2: All right. Well, they, their um, their marketing CEO or their marketing chief. I can't, can't remember his name. Uh, did have a pretty good quote when these ads launched and they did a press release about it. Um, he said something to the effect of, we think people are going to like Norm Macdonald. Um, in spite of the fact that he looks nothing like the colonel, doesn't sound like him, and doesn't know anything about fried chicken, <laughs> we think the fans are really going to enjoy it.
1: And that was just like in a press release, yeah. And that's I mean, that's pretty like, good. I give it, him credit for that. that like, that embrace the weird,
2: exactly. Embrace the weird. You're the you're the chief marketing officer for KFC. You're obviously trying to do something different. I think KFC has been hurting pretty badly. Um, I mean, we never eat there, and not because we don't like fried chicken, but like the thought of going there. Honestly, I would feel like just I was doing the worst possible thing for my body. Yeah,
1: no, I mentioned earlier that sometimes when I was in New Hampshire, I would just like often leave work and go to various restaurants and there aren't tons of restaurants in small town Concord, New Hampshire. And sometimes I would drive up Loudon Road and go to the KFC there and eat like, you know, a couple of pieces of fried chicken and the mashed potatoes and whatever sides came with it. And I'm not saying I didn't kind of enjoy it, but I I just felt like a piece of crap the entire time I was in that fast food restaurant eating it. And then obviously the rest of my like, uh, there's no way i would go back and talk to my uh, cube mates and be like hey guys i feel great i just ate at kentucky fried chicken who yeah. wants to play some volleyball after work you
2: want to talk about some lunch shaming yeah so what i think is happening here and i actually think they deserve some kudos for it is that they do have a they have an image problem which is largely based on the true facts about what their products are and they are doing this sort of weird commercial and either intentionally or opportunistically, using this strange shift from Hammond to uh, McDonald, in an attempt to get people talking about KFC, get younger people thinking about it. And I will tell you, I have had so many conversations about the Norm McDonald ads with people our age and younger that you would never have had you know, uh, uh, six months ago or a year ago mm-hmm. about, about uh, KFC. And interestingly, um, I think it's their – I don't think it was their chief marketing officer. I think it was the CEO of Yum Brands who said, what we've found is that 80% of people like these ads and 20% of people – so one out of five people absolutely hate them. And we can work with that. He said, you can market to people who hate you and you can market to people who love you. But you can't market to indifference. Yeah. And that – That's the takeaway. I mean, that's what makes this, to me, an amazing case study in marketing.
1: Yeah. And maybe, I mean, can you apply that to eHarmony as well? I don't think so. Any kind of divisive ad campaign, like it's better that I'm paying attention to these eHarmony ads than just like I'm completely indifferent towards them.
2: You know, it's an interesting question. They're very different kinds of products. Yeah. Chicken is one of those products that, like I said, like, (laughs) you know, love or hate these ads. I still love fried chicken as a food category. Yeah. And it does sort of put it more top of mind for me. Whereas I think eHarmony and dating sites in general are a different kind of product where you do need to feel more affinity for the brand. Now, are there people who find those Neil Clark Warren ads and the whole sort of eHarmony just like presentation more appealing than me? I'm sure there are. You know, I'm I'm not a divorced, middle aged Christian in the Midwest that's you know they're probably not aiming them at me. So I'm mm-hmm. you know like me me finding them really off-putting is probably not hurting their market share, but I think so many people found those granddaughter ads off-putting that they had they did pull them intentionally and they really do realize that they made a misstep at least with those particular ones if not the all the Neil Clark Warren ones.
1: I never saw the original ad with norm mcdonald the first one that came out after he replaces daryl hammond and this is the one where you were saying it's kind of meta he he's watching daryl hammond on tv and saying he's not the real colonel i'm the real colonel let me hit play on this
0: howdy folks it's me colonel sanders
1: (laughs) hey that's not the real colonel sanders i'm the real colonel sanders
0: this is how you sell chicken howdy folks it's me the real colonel sanders
1: I'm back to tell you about my new dollars. Okay, wait, wait, family. wait, wait, wait. There's a little look there that yeah. I read about. I I didn't get it when I was reading about it in Ad Week, but when he so he says I'm Colonel Sanders, he get Nor MacDonald does this little like shrug like well, just go with me on it. Like yeah. that is a great little moment.
2: Well, that's, that is quintessential Norm Macdonald. That is so great. That's why you hire Norm Macdonald to do this.
1: And also, but uh, you know, that's also written in, yeah. I mean, the ad company was kind of like, all right, what we're doing is kind of crazy, kind of ballsy. Like, let's just acknowledge that with this half a second, little shrug that Colonel Sanders gives. To- just says, just go with us. I'm going to rewind this a little bit and play it.
0: Colonel Sanders. I'm the real Colonel Sanders, this is how you sell chicken. Howdy folks, it's me, the real Colonel Sanders. (laughs) I'm back to tell you about my new $20 family fill-up meal. It's a treasure chest of delicious home-style cooking, but served in containers, not treasure chests.
1: It's finger licking good. Oh, I see what you're saying now. At the end, uh, a door opens up, and he's like living inside of a KFC bucket. You were talking before about how they're trying to appeal to younger people and stuff, and I couldn't help thinking of a conversation we had last week on the show when we were talking about the impact of marijuana on advertising, and I automatically thought of um, the uh, -the Jack-in-the-Box ads, and I was even thinking, boy kfc i wondered if they just toyed with the idea of how about we just straight up try to appeal to stoners like jack in the box did you know jack in the box they just have like guys laying around either super hungover they don't know what happened when they blacked out the night before or stoners playing video games i mean you never see actual weed but it's so clear that these guys are just stoners who just need to uh, yeah, get it, food very, late at night very
2: little is left to the imagination right
1: exactly now the, the, i don't think that they're going for that with this. like that
2: throat drops ad remember that
1: oh yes the, didn't they have Snoop Dogg? No, it oh.
2: wasn't Snoop. I think it was maybe was it Waka Flocka Flame? Oh
1: yeah, I think it was yeah.
2: And he's he's doing a throat Drugs ad, and it's made totally just low 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 production values. But he's just sitting in a chair, and he's talking about these like sort of throat lozenges, and he says, "If your throat hurts for whatever reason, and there's
1: all smoke, and there's just the smoke, smoke is everywhere. Him. Yeah, 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 I mean yeah. it's
2: it's it's so cheeky. It's like it, you kind of appreciate just like. Yeah, you know, they're just going for
1: it. (laughs) Which I'd never heard of that before. Like, I know a a lot of stoners. Yeah, I just found the ad. I'm going to play it here in a second. But I never really kind of heard of that before. Like, anybody saying, oh, yeah, part of stoner culture is carrying around cough drops or anything like that.
2: What does a Waka Flock of Flame do for Minnesota throat relief? This here. Pine Brothers softest throat drops. Can't live without my Pine Brothers. straight up. Nothing soothes your throat like Soft Delicious Pine Brothers with its plant glycerin and ported gum acacia, natural flavors. So next time you need soft throat relief, for whatever reason,
1: <laughs> take your palm, brothers. And there's smoke all over the place. And he, right before he says, for whatever reason, he looks directly at the smoke. and He's like, eh, for whatever reason. It's so
2: great. I love it. That is
1: really good. Um, but let's go back to the Jack in the Box thing, because that's kind of a spokesman situation, yeah. too. I mean, the guy with the big cartoonish clown head. The Jack in the Box head. The Jack head. in the Box head. But the body that is just dressed like a businessman walking around, giving people advice on burgers and stuff like that.
2: There's an interesting history. Do we have time for me to go into it? Yeah. There's an interesting history with that character, and actually, there's been an interesting twist on it uh, very recently. Hmm. Uh, when Jack in the Box was first in existence, uh, that Jack in the Box head was just their their logo, uh, and it sat on top of their order boxes and their drive-throughs. Um, and then um, they decided to get rid of that image. They didn't. They didn't. They thought it sort of didn't uh, distinguish them enough, or was too lowbrow, or something. So they did a whole uh, ad campaign where they actually exploded those those heads that would sit. Oh, on because they of wanted their... to get
1: they wanted to get rid of it and put it in, behind them. Yeah,
2: just putting. It, and so they made this very visible ad campaign where they vis- they, they physically exploded the heads. And actually, some parents didn't uh, super love the visual of clowns getting <laughs> this exploded. In the, did you
1: say this was in the 70s or early 80s? I think
2: this was in the 80s, um, and I'd have to go back and look up some of the dates. So
1: some kids are freaking out around the country watching out. clown heads. Explode. Clown heads are
2: exploding. Uh, colorophobia. <laughs> Colorophobics were, I guess. Happy? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, they get rid of the clown head mascot logo, whatever. Then they have a real problem, which is that an E. coli outbreak gets associated with their food. And so they obviously have a need to rehabilitate their brand, kind of, you know, let the public know that the problem has been taken care of. And they hire this ad agency out of Santa Monica and an ad exec named uh, Richard Sittig. Uh, And... Richard Siddig and this ad agency decide to take the clown head mm-hmm. and create this Jack character, the Jack character that we've all you know now seen a hundred times. Uh, they put him in a business suit. They put the big head on him.
1: So reintroducing the head for the first time in a decade or more.
2: At least. Yeah. I mean, this was in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, to kind of poke fun at or, or hark back to the blowing up of the clown heads, the earliest Jack in the Box ads with Jack have them blowing up. The board of directors. Oh, chat.
1: yes. And you hat tip to the um, unfortunately uh, anonymous now listener, member of the Ad Council, who wrote in, we were talking about apology ads when a company has to either feels like they have to rightly or wrongly apologize for their product in some way. And somebody wrote in to say, that's how this whole Jack in the Box ad campaign started. They went in and blew up the board of directors because of the E. coli thing. And I didn't exactly know what they were talking about. Yeah. Oh. So that
2: that was now decades ago, actually, that they, they started that. And then these these Jack ads, uh, which are voiced by Richard Sittig, have just – made hundreds and hundreds of them. I mean, I think over 400 ads. Uh, and we've seen them – you know, he's he's promoted every type of food. He's he's in the room with the stoned out video players, yeah. like telling them to order the the late night Jack in the box food. Jack in the box. I think it's open. Is it open 24 hours?
1: Uh, I think 2 a.m. Definitely very yeah. late.
2: Um, so hugely successful campaign. Everyone knows not just. The, the visible, the the, the the character of Jack, but recognizes the voice. It's really distinctive. Um, he's gone on Corolla, Adam Corolla's podcast, and done interviews in the character of Jack. I think. Oh,
1: that's smart. Yeah. And it, there's Ooh, actually- I don't really listen to Corolla, but I would go back and listen to you that. You should,
2: because there's one where uh, they get into a whole discussion about other fast food mascots, and he takes some shots at the Burger King <laughs> and Ronald McDonald. <laughs> uh, pretty funny. So now, after decades of, of using this spokesman and using this, this character recently, uh, just in August so just like, you know, about six months ago four or five months ago, Jack in the Box severed their relationship with uh, what is now Richard Siddig's ad company. I think they're called Secret Market Weaponing.
1: This is they, basically like the this was an ad company that Jack built, right? Like didn't Siddig yeah. like kind of take this, this client and say listen, I created this Jack character I'm going to start my own business That's exactly and he right. took Jack in the Box with him and for wh- however many years now has basically been, I don't want to say coasting because he's put tons of work into it but like that is the foundation of his company it and is. now Jack in the Box is leaving him. Yeah,
2: it's the, fa- it's, it's. I don't know how what percentage of their, um, their client port Portfolio is Jack in the Box, but I, I have read it. It's their biggest, it was their biggest client. Um, the name of his uh, company is Secret Weapon Marketing. Mm. I think they are based out here in, in California. So just this August, Jack in the Box decided to sever the relationship, and Sidig wrote a letter, which you can find online or I can post it to the Facebook page, basically saying goodbye to Jack. And it was the mm. funny, the letter was pretty funny because. It was pretty passive aggressive. It was sort of it wished Jack in the Box well, but mostly it highlighted all the ways in which his company has helped them grow their yeah, business. And yeah. kind because of, I I don't think that it was an amicable. I don't think it was. I don't think the parting was mutual. I think and that I they were fired. Why. I would I, love to because know because like
1: that campaign has got to be one of the best campaigns. And but who knows? Maybe well, they're asking for more money. Like whatever.
2: And check yeah, you never know. And check out what's happening with their ad campaign now. They have a new spokes voice and they still I think they still have the rights to the Jack character, the mm-hmm. man in the suit with the big head, and they yeah. own the head, obviously that's their intellectual property. They don't own Richard Siddig's voice, of, of course. course. Right. And I don't think and then of course they don't own his uh, his writing staff. So now they have Jack silently going around the country promoting whatever product they're promoting, right. and they have another actor doing the voice doing doing just a voice over
1: doing a voice over so it's not so basically it's almost like jack has lost his voice now he's a visual element but he's not talking directly to people in the ads or anything they're more voice over ads now that's interesting this is
2: my plea to any listeners if you know any dirt about how that relationship uh Fizzled out. I would love to hear it. This is a
1: long shot. Let's reach out to Jack. Oh no, I'm sorry. What's sitting's uh, first name? Richard. Let's reach out to Richard. I'm. I'm. Let's do it this week. It, it I mean, I hurt. think it's. A, I think it's a long shot, and I don't know that people really want to talk about that part of the business, especially when they just lose a huge client. But we we should try. Yeah, yeah no, because I,
2: I have nothing but praise for his work. An amazing. I mean, he did an amazing job, and he I ultimately probably turned that brand around. Um, so. Uh, I, I think it would be worth a worth a call. I mean, all he words he can say is no.
1: Right, right. Um, so the last spokesperson that I want to talk about today is no longer a spokesperson. Um, at least not for Subway sandwiches. I don't know what he's a spokesperson for in prison, if anything. But, of course, I'm talking about Jared Fogle. Now, how much background do we need to do on Jared Fogle here? Let's
2: not belabor it. Of course, he was, for years, the the Subway spokesman who famously lost a lot of weight, allegedly, by eating only Subway sandwiches. Um, In the last year year to 18 months, I guess, Uh, It came to light that he is a pedophile and that he has committed terrible crimes against children. And, of course, is now he was recently sentenced to 15 years in prison, as was his sort of co-conspirator and and found the the manager of his foundation.
1: And then, of course, what we're interested in is what does Subway do with that? You want to talk about crisis brand management?
2: Yeah, (laughs) even if you assume and I think. There has been no compelling evidence that they had any real reason to know about this, which if they knew about it, they may just want to pack up their shingle. But I don't think they did.
1: No, there's no evidence of that. Honestly, this is one of those stories that we all kind of followed with kind of morbid interest. And, you know, it's a legitimate news story. But it wasn't until I was talking about this with you yesterday that occurred to me, never once did I think about this scandal when I walked into a Subway. I used to eat Subway a lot more at my last job because there was one across the street. I don't eat Subway all the time. Let's say I used to eat it about once a week. Now, maybe once every couple of months, but... I do it and I don't think twice about it. And it wasn't until like you pointed out yesterday that it's like, oh, yeah, I still eat Subway. And never once have I been placing my order thinking about Jared.
2: Yeah. So it's an interesting thing because I have the same reaction. It doesn't really affect my consumption levels, um, which aren't super high, but are not zero either. Uh, Sometimes it's a convenient option. If if I'm a parent, um, I don't know. Do I have a different reaction? Does it just leave sort of Mm. a – does it just give me a bad feeling? Either way, I think Subway would be crazy to not want to try to distance themselves from their years and years of investment in him as a spokesman. Um, but the first way they tried to do that was – not great. (laughs) Do you want to talk about this Tony Hale ad? Yeah.
1: um, Actually, no. Could you mind if we start with the ad that's currently running now? Because I think it's easier to get your head around, and I actually really like it. So the ads that Subway is running right now in pretty heavy rotation, and again, I'm such a dingus. Like, I'm watching these ads, and I kind of noticed them and enjoyed them, but I wasn't thinking about putting them in the context of, oh yeah, of course, they need a whole new strategy now. Well, their strategy is to do a sort of retro look at the founding of their company and if you're dealing with something that is like really really awful as far as family values is concerned like they're really kind of implicitly in these ads kind of adding a narrative of uh, comfort nostalgia wholesomeness wholesomeness that's exactly the word that I'm looking for
2: and just one quick note on that I I believe their founder is uh, no longer with us but it's it kind of goes to these other brands and products we've been talking about. When in doubt, go to your origin story.
1: Yeah, and I and I really like this. Just uh, I don't know specifically who directed it, but it was by um, the ad campaign is by BBDO. Uh, stylistically, I really like it. Again, kind of using I don't know filters or whatever to kind of give the nice lighting look of the 1960s or 70s. And um, I guess back then their business was called Pete's Super Submarines. I'm going to hit play on this and see if it's uh, self explanatory.
0: Back in 1965,
1: Subway's founders Fred DeLuca and Dr. Peter Buck teamed up with one simple mission. Fresh sandwiches. I like it. The idea seemed crazy in a time when artificial foods and gimmicks were all the rage. But roller skates didn't make food any fresher, and mascots didn't make it any tastier. As it turned out, Fred was right. Sandwiches made with freshly baked bread, fresh veggies, and delicious meats would stand the test of time. We were fresh before it was fresh to be fresh. The Subway Sandwich Shop, founded on Fresh great ad Such i love the ad. visuals i love the message it's like you say wholesome uh without being corny or, or cloying or anything like that yeah. really nice ad now you alluded to uh when an ad that came out before this one that there were actually three of them i've only seen one but they were apparently all written by and star tony hale one of our favorite actors yet as funny as they are, it seems like a misstep.
2: Great concept, wrong company.
1: Right. You're right. That's well put. Yeah.
2: yeah. So Tony Hale, if you uh, aren't familiar, uh, was Buster on Arrested Development. He's uh, Gary on Veep. Uh, fantastic in both roles. So wonderful. Also, you've met him, right, Andrew? And he's like the nicest oh, guy in real so, life. so, so nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I was talking earlier about those Wendy's ads and how much I hate the like the lunchtime bullying. Like, what do you have for lunch? Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is similar in in concept, but I think better executed. Tony Hale plays sort of your the subconscious voice of a bunch of uh, office drones. It's these. Like, Dull gray toned offices And he's uh well why don't you Just play it he's, he's telling them that they ought to go out For lunch instead of eating at their desk
1: yeah and actually I was very the first time I watched this I was very confused As to what he was doing I thought he was complaining About being hungry himself But no he's going around like their subconscious Kind of uh trying to Whisper in their ears that They should go to lunch
2: but of course they can see And hear him
1: Man I'm so Hungry I
0: can eat my glasses should really take a lunch break.
2: Are you talking to me? Hmm? No.
0: My back is killing me. I need a break. You know what would be amazing? Is a turkey sub with loads of veggies. I can hear my mother now. They don't own you. You can take your lunch break whenever you want. I can hear you. Really?
1: You might want to get that checked a lunch break! Take just, a lunch break! Just, he pulls out a water spritzer and is just like spraying this guy down like he's a houseplant. Yeah. It really, the logic of this commercial doesn't make a hell of a lot of sense to me. Like I say the first time I watched it, I didn't realize he was trying to pretend to be their subconscious. As a Tony Hale fan, as a fan of weird comedy, I love these. Even without the Fogel thing, I don't know that they really are doing a good job of selling me sandwiches. And then on top of that, he's so he's he's a pasty white guy creeping around an office and sneaking up on people. Really? I
2: mean, honestly, if you said, get me a Jared Fogle type, you right. might hire Tony Hale. Yeah. And so it was just incredible. They, again, they're they're well sort of put together. They're funny. He's funny. But this is not the message or the brand image that Subway needs right now. And certainly uh, a pasty white office creeper is not is not an idea that they want to be associating with their brand. And these ads did not uh, did not. We're not critically well received. Yeah,
1: I, I enjoy them as little bits of comedy, yeah. but again, not as subway ads. How's about we check in with the ad council, Veeves?
2: Let's do it.
0: Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words they're saying. Only the echoes of my mind.
1: All right, Veeves, I think we have to start with the elephant in the room. We have been encouraging people to go onto iTunes and review our show, and we appreciate it when people do. I always say, please leave us a review if you like the show. Don't bother if you don't. But let's be honest. Be honest. Review the show as you see fit. Having said that, we did receive our very first negative review, and... um, It's interesting because it kind of makes an accusation against us.
2: Yeah, uh, I second the motion. Uh, We appreciate all feedback, even the negative kinds. Um, I want to read this uh, review, and I I won't name the reviewer, um, but the reviewer writes... Is it
1: BHG 6299?
2: I don't know. That's it? not even
1: a specific thing. It's just like, that's usually what like the commenter's names are on, on iTunes.
2: I can't remember if it, even, if it was a random assortment of letters and numbers or if it had any kind of meaning. Um, but this reviewer writes, I wanted to like it, but can't. I look forward to honest reviews, both good and bad, but they only discuss what they love. Seems to be too influenced by ad companies. How about some opinions from a consumer's point of view? You won't find that here. Well, two things. I am a consumer, so... That's my point of view. (laughs) And secondly, I wish we were in the pocket of big advertiser hey advertisers we are for sale
1: <laughs> no we're not no we're not you know why I wanted to you know why I wanted to read this one because I, I don't want to make it a habit of oh if somebody sends us um, any kind of negative feedback honestly send it you can email us by the way it's after these messages show at gmail.com if you have ideas that make the show better let us know we've actually made some small production adjustments based on feedback from folks so I don't want you to think that oh if you say even the tiny negative thing about us that we're gonna make fun of you on the show that's not what's going on here I I I actually thought this was super interesting because clearly this is somebody who listened and kind of doesn't know us and assumes that this podcast is a product of the ad companies. And it's kind of interesting that somebody would see it that way. It couldn't be further from the truth. But the idea that we only talk about commercials we like and praise I actually worry about the opposite. Yeah. I've been talking to some friends who haven't heard our podcast, but they've seen it posted on Facebook or whatever. They're like, oh, yeah, how's that podcast you're doing where you talk about bad commercials? I've heard a couple of people say that. And I really don't want to be just I, there's so much snark in the world. Yeah. And I know we get snarky. We're just always honest. So I don't mind talking about um, the eHarmony ads that we hate or the Chevy focus group ads that I hate but I also really want to make sure that we talk about the things that we truly love as well because I don't want to just be like oh this is the snarky podcast about commercials I
2: totally agree I think there are there's some really good and creative work happening and if, if all we did was talk about things we hate our lives would be pretty miserable preparing for this thing.
1: Yeah, right exactly and I just do I do feel like there is a uh, a lot of that out there what should we talk about next how about um, if I could answer my own question um, this email from listener jesse who's writing in about a robbins brothers commercial now i'd never heard of robbins brothers before but i've seen i've seen them uh, i've seen their stores it's a uh it's a jewelry company That's right. Right? And this is going to be a little bit hard for the radio because what Jesse says is, I had the TV on mute the entire halftime, I assume, of a football game, and I still remembered what the Robbins Brothers ad was about. I think that the ad company had made this commercial specifically knowing that people would mute their TVs during halftimes or during commercials in general. So they didn't even bother having any spoken word in this ad. It's nothing but bright colors, attractive people, and words telling a story in 15 to seconds seconds and because of that i'm not going to hit play on it because yeah. again it'll just but it's be just, music it's but- a nice
2: kinetic typography telling the story of a couple and how they got engaged and you see them kind of like in split screen and it is it's uh well designed it has a real like clean uh designy feel to it and i think jesse is exactly right um Advertisers know people are we're we are actually uh, DVRing a football game right now, and we will mm-hmm. presumably uh, fast forward right on through halftime if we get In fact, that. We gotta far. <laughs>
1: In fact, we got to wrap this up.
2: In fact, we got to wrap this up. You know, we DVR things all the time, and and games, even football games, which people do watch live, um, even those people will time shift a little bit,
1: right, or mute the commercials, or like mute. Jesse says, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: And so, I think advertisers are very smart um, to design things that are Visibly understandable Even if you aren't hearing it or even if you're looking at it Very quickly
1: yeah and I I've been kind of obsessed with this for a while I remember Reading a long time ago like kind of More near the beginning of the The TiVo era when it was still Called TiVo and not DVR and people Were fast-forwarding commercials well advertisers Weren't just kind of like well screw it I'm just gonna go get a job in A library somewhere I mean they still have A job to do and so the way they adjusted Was by treating the ads differently and making sure that they could still send a message even if you're fast-forwarding through them. Obviously, not all commercials, but um, things that they'll do is they'll keep the logo on the screen much longer or in a prominent place. So even if you're fast-forwarding through this commercial, you see the Subway logo the whole time. And then another thing that I find interesting and how it's affecting the business is turns out Having your commercial be the last one in the commercial break makes it so much more valuable. So now that's the most valuable real estate.
2: Well, think about it. When I'm watching television and I'm DVRing through the commercials, yep, I... I go too far into my show Mm -hmm. and I have to hit, you know, rewind 30 seconds or whatever. And what do I see? You see the
1: last ad
2: last 10 to 15 seconds of that ad.
1: Exactly. Now, if you're doing it with sporting events or any kind of a major network show, I will give a um, I consider myself kind of a professional fast forwarder and um, add that to my resume, by the way. Um, Here's a little trick. Usually the very last spot in a commercial break will not be for a product, but it'll be a promotion for another TV show. On the network Sometimes it gets you
2: and they put it in the middle though
1: Sometimes and then you stop and then there's more commercials after that But it'll still usually end with that So if you're watching your football and it's a little bit time shifted And you're fast forwarding fast forwarding And you see a um, uh, Best buy commercial And you think oh this is probably the last ad It's probably not When you see a promotion for Scandal Or whatever TV show is prominent on that network Then hit play Because chances are your game's about to be on
2: This has been DVR Talk.
1: (laughs) I stand by that. I take it you didn't like my diversion. (laughs) Um, Okay, I don't even know if I want to get... All right, listen. We have a voicemail number. It is 607-444-5597. 607-444-5597. I was about to say, I don't know if I want to play this voicemail because I, I, I really disagree with it. But it is... It is interesting. It's from a listener in Georgia who is responding to a conversation we had during um, our show about Christmas ads. And the ad was for what product? Hallmark. Hallmark. That's right. And it's a family um having a Christmas dinner some sort of holiday dinner and the kind of patriarch of the family is disappointed to learn that his daughter and son in law and their kids have now gone all vegan and all he wants is, is some ham and they're like no we don't have that we have tofu we have all these other things and then at the end his daughter the mom holds up an ornament a tree ornament with a little pig and he says oh i wish i could eat that and she says i know me too or something like that she seems like even though she's gone vegan she feels really bad that her father is not enjoying his meatless Christmas or Thanksgiving or whatever it is. At
2: least that's our read on it. But, that's
1: um, our read on but it. But
2: listener Matt had a different interpretation.
1: Hey Andrew, hey Genevieve, this is Matt from
0: uh, Atlanta, Georgia. I was just calling because I just listened to the tis the Season' episode, and I have a theory about the vegan commercial and the lady saying that she wished her grandfather, whoever the old man was, would eat the ornament. I think it's because she wants him to choke on it because he's not a vegan. And I think they are kind of poking fun at the whole vegan society, saying that they are kind of radicals about that. So, just an idea. Um, I'm enjoying the show. You guys have a good day.
2: Although I don't, I, I disagree with Listener Matt. I. Would be afraid to be at listener Matt's holiday dinner because it sounds like things can get pretty, <laughs> yeah, pretty
1: aggressive. Yeah, and no, you I mean, eat it. I, I want, <laughs> I want Matt to know that you are seriously one of my favorite members of the ad council because you did leave us a voicemail, and that goes so <laughs> that's so ten, far. That's and, ten points right there. That's right. That goes very far in my book. So I don't want to, um, I don't want to just disagree with you, but I, I do want to play the very end of this ad again. Let me see if I can uh, fast forward here and get it to the right place. Um, the way she says it she seems so sympathetic to her dad's plight and it seems so loving let's listen
2: no ham but i got you this
1: holds up the (laughs) ornament (laughs) i wish i could eat it (laughs) me too actually,
2: oh no, are you turning around?
1: Listen, no, I still don't agree with Matt, but the way she says it is a little bit different than it is in my memory. In my memory, she said it like, "Oh, me too, Dad. like she really like she she really felt bad and it was said in a well, very loving way. It is a little it is a little clipped here, I guess.
2: <laughs> I wish I could eat it.
1: <laughs> me too She does say it in kind of a me too from the
2: very beginning, we've been confused by that that tiny tag at the end, the me too line mm-hmm. because we weren't sure how to interpret it. Is she saying she also wishes she weren't part of this vegan experiment? Is right, she saying right. she wishes her dad could be just happy and have what he wants? Is she saying, um, you know, eat it or wear it, I'll stuff it down your throat, old man.
1: <laughs> Open to interpretation. Open to interpretation. I still don't necessarily uh, completely agree with Matt, but actually I'm glad I did go back and listen to that because I understand um, how somebody could have that, that takeaway she does sound a little more sarcastic than i remembered
2: and as i said uh in in that episode i was a little shocked that hallmark introduced a vegan family as a protagonist and so it does kind of make some amount of sense to me to have the vegan family be the um the creating the conflict or the friction
1: yeah all right Vives, we're missing a football game let's get out of here all right can
2: anything. You can anything.
1: That'll do it for today's show. We do this every Tuesday, anything. folks. You can find us on Facebook. We are After These Messages show on Facebook. And we have email as well.
2: We're After These Messages show at gmail.com.
1: And, again, that voicemail number is 607 444 five five nine seven and I'm sorry it took me so long to say this but uh happy New Year Genevieve
2: Happy New Year Andrew
1: Happy New Year to all you guys we'll talk to you next Tuesday star
2: riding
0: on a unicorn undercover cop and wearing
1: a uniform
2: Care about anybody <laughs> but yourself. Uh, she, she always laughs. She always laughs, but then I always have to tell her who I'm doing. <laughs>